0: Everybody, you're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or eighty-eight, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, let's see. Look, Lyle, just you know, working
1: for the Lord. Oh, also, I went and did my my training last night to get my like motorbike license
0: because you're allowed to do that during yeah,
1: lockdown. Yeah, I were. So- you're allowed so to do go the and do, training,
0: but not the. But I'm
1: not allowed to do the license test. Not the test, which is just heartbreaking. <laughs> like, because so on Wednesday, I've got uh, a guy, you know, coming with within my LGA, you he's know, applying
0: he's, for his temporary residency well, visa.
1: But no, <laughs> but dude, I'm I'm buying a motorbike on Wednesday, which I already had lined up. I'm doing my training, you know, yesterday and today, and I was going to get my license on Wednesday too, and I would have just been done. But no, like they cancelled that and they just send you a response that's like, oh, we'll get on to you when we have an available time. But they haven't gotten on to me because they don't know how long the lockdown is going to go for. So I'm just like... Christmas time. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yikes, dude! Can I you can you ride your motorbike ride. on the fire fire trails behind your house? Yeah, I can just ride down the back. That's fine. Okay, but you I want to ride to the breakfast show every morning. I want to save money on fuel. That's why I decided to get my license.
0: Ah, oh, dear. What are you grateful for, Lyle? Vegetables. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. D- eating them. Eating them. Eating them. Oh, Definitely eating nice. them. Nice. What
0: vegetables? Any kind of vegetables. Okay. What's your favorite kind? Potatoes. Oh, no other than potatoes, well, just um, all kinds of vegetables when they are cooked in an air cooker, in an air fryer, oh, in an air fryer. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 so Cheryl got an air fryer for her birthday uh, from Lawson. That's right, and the veggies are pretty good when they come right. out of it. Everything's so pretty lots, good. Lots to be thankful for, right there. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the
1: Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: All right, mm-hmm. let's talk about positively different news. Okay. You have a uh, a suspicious smile on no, your face. It's, there
1: no, morning. it's not a suspicious smile. It's, it's suspicious. a happy smile because I read the greatest story ever this morning. Really? Well, wow. I was actually uh, on in the car on the way here. I was listening to the Great Controversy, which is some fantastic literature. that That's put me in a great mood. But I read this story this morning about, you know, like, dude. It's
0: the greatest story ever. So you read the gospel this morning? Like, yes.
1: But then I probably read the second greatest story after that, which I'm about to tell you right now.
0: Okay. So, you know, so we're not like, going to talk about the greatest story. We're going to talk about the
1: second. The second greatest okay. story. Are All you ready? Right. Yes. It's among the greatest. Right. Okay. So dogs are really cool. Yes. And they do lots of things. Yes. Which is interesting. Like, particularly, like, like when, you know, you have, like, sled dogs who, like, know their way around Antarctica and bring medical supplies and all that stuff. Dude, in Italy, they're training dogs to be lifeguards. To rescue people that are drowning. To rescue people that are drowning. To, That's amazing. But not only just like, you know, stand on the shore and rescue people to jump out of speeding boats, to jump out of helicopters into the
0: waves. To, like literally these dogs are amazing. I was, and, and, like, a dog is strong enough to... Like, if I'm drowning, a dog is strong enough to drag hundred um, out of the
1: water and kick Like, this is what this is saying. There's an elite squadron in Italy of 350 specially trained canines from the Italian School of Water Rescue
0: Dogs. That's and, pretty cool. Um, and they have That's, been successfully patrolling I'm not going to rate beaches. this as the second greatest story, but it's, 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 a, it's a significantly cool story.
1: So, yeah, these, like... 300 dogs, they patrol the beaches um, and they just are like fearless and amazing and they save up to 30 people a year.
0: This is the interesting thing when it comes to training dogs, you can only train a dog to do something if the dog thinks that it's playing. Mm. So it does all of these things while it's playing. It's mm. just having fun. They're just out there just living their best dog life and having an adventure and loving every minute of it. It's like, yeah, we rescue people, it's so much fun but because i'm like i'm like okay you know you can train dogs
1: to do it but how effective are they and then you know they're talking 30 people a year yeah i'm like 30 people a year. i'm like oh but what does that actually look like it's got a story here earlier this month when several families including eight children were um imperiled by strong winds and wave conditions while 330 feet from the shores or like 100 meters offshore um three canine lifeguards um, and their trainers rushed to save the day. Like, with the help of the human companions, the dog Eris, Mia, and Mira pulled everyone to safety in about 15 minutes. That's
0: a good effort. Dude, that's, that's a very good amazing. effort right there. Amazing.
1: Uh, and, like, they're all getting trained now. They're all, like, you know, because the, the, they come in. They do about 18 months of basic training. Yes. Um, in the facility and then once they're like good to go, then they move on to after the basic training then they move on to the specialized training, which is jumping out of helicopters and speeding boats. Which is just the biggest thing ever? Like I just want to become a dog. Well right you now. could probably jump out of helicopters and speeding boats anyway as a lifeguard. Probably, probably. Okay, I'll become a lifeguard. Then. Yeah, just become a lifeguard,
0: dude. Let's be face a fam at the beach, bro. Let's do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, dude. Now you're talking beaches. The ocean is my favorite environment. It really is. Mm.
1: But where the dogs they're saying are especially effective is in like mass life or death, like large scale life or death scenarios. Like, say, you know, some kind of like massive storm comes along whilst a hundred people are out swimming in the beach and they don't have time to get in or something like that like they can just send dogs out and the dog will find someone grab onto them and pull them back in like this is their their specialty they have that ability to just you know to send as many dogs as they need out and they will just quickly get the job done yep Um, and big, you know because of their like the the dogs the way that they're trained their swimming prowess like they just have this ability to like and this endurance to keep going where humans they, they found that where humans have the the tendency to panic or fail, a dog won't panic, right? And it will just keep it keep a level head because it's yes.
0: And dogs will do this because I mean you can th- keep throwing a, uh, a a stick or a ball into the water, and the dog will keep going in no matter how yeah. cold it is. No matter you know our dog will play with the hose right, mm. uh, with the water coming out of the hose in the middle of winter on the coldest morning ever, mm. nothing will stand in his way. <laughs> and, so, and this is the thing with dogs when they are having fun nothing will stand in their way. Well, yeah.
1: Well, now, like, after this success in Italy and, you know, what they've deemed to be, like, the, the, the cost to use ratio and whatnot, um, many countries have looked at this and gone, well, you know what? We're going to have dog oh, life We should do that here. Beach. We should so do that here. Well, unfortunately, it, we're not a part of those countries yet. The, but the US, Germany, Switzerland, uh, have got on board to, like, they're basically outsourcing this company, you know, getting them to build training facilities and centers and do training, um, In the US, so that they can train up these dogs. So that what kind of dogs do they use? They use like labradors and stuff. Um, and oh, what what kind of dog would you say this is?
0: That is a dog. Yeah, it's a labrador. It's a it's a labrador. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a just a
1: normal lab. Just, uh, you know, labs getting out on the beach. They wear life jackets? Yeah, they wear life jackets. They, you know, have some different attachments on them. I think, like, that's the big thing is that, yeah, you have the ability to, like, if you're drowning, the dog will swim out to you, you have the ability to grab onto its life jacket and it'll just swim you
0: back in. Between the two, yeah. Because uh-huh. I was kind of wondering, like, if I, if you grab onto a human being when a human being swims out to you, You know, one of the dangerous things is that a drowning person who is panicking can grab onto another human being and drown that person as well, trying to keep their head above water. What happens if a panicking person grabs onto a dog and drags the dog under because the dog is so much smaller? But that answers the question. Yeah, they just
1: grab onto the handles and the dog just takes off
0: that's incredible it's awesome
1: all right i have another story to share this morning this is a really heartwarming one about an 11 year old boy from the uk um who so this boy his name's max um max is is living in uh, his area in the uk and his next door neighbor he has a next door neighbor named rick and he is an elderly person who's terminally ill with cancer. And his parents are going over there and, and helping look after him, you know, as friendly neighbors and, you know, really amazing self-sacrificing neighbors do. Um, you know, with the help of the local hospice as well, they were able to kind of keep him in his home. Uh, whilst he was dying, he didn't have to transfer over to the hospice and get, you know, that intense palliative care um, before he passed away. Um, But essentially, like, you know, in his dying days, Max would go over there and visit him to, you know, talk to him and just have interaction. And he gives Max a tent for, you know, as a a gift before he passes away. And he's like, hey, Max, you know, use this, uh, uh, you know, go on adventures, have fun. Like, I just thought this would be a really good gift for you because you're, you know, 11 and just go and... Have fun and hang out and whatnot. Anyway, a couple months go by, and this is when the pandemic starts. So, like, COVID-19 comes into full effect. No one can do anything. And by this time, uh, this guy Rick has passed away. And Max has this tent, and he's like, oh, man, like, I can't go out and use this anywhere. And he also recognizes that all the fundraising for the hospice, the local hospice that had been helping this guy, has all been shut down because of the pandemic. So he's like, oh, what can I do? He's like, maybe I can just do a silly fundraiser by sleeping in the backyard in my tent for as long as possible, and people can just donate money. And he's like, oh, I want to raise like at least a hundred pounds for the hospice. So, nice. anyways, nice. anyways, after a hundred days, um, he gets up to. 20,000 pounds. So he starts getting huge attention. People are are looking on, they're like, wow, this is amazing uh, what he's doing. You know, it's just a young boy with a goal of raising money for his local hospice and doing so by sleeping outside in, you know, this is in the UK with stormy, freezing weather. The UK. weather. yeah, you know, he, he hits his milestone of 100 days, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll just keep going." Then he hits 200 days, and he's like, oh, "I'll keep going." He hits 300 days. By 500 days, now that he slept outside through storms, through leaks, through everything, he's raised 770 thousand pounds for <laughs> his local hospice. And I'm like, "Wow, what an effort it's of like charity!" A year and a
0: half living in a tent. I That's bet. right.
1: Awesome stuff. uh um, you're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Absolutely. All right, what's happening, current news this morning?
0: Yeah, well, we kind of need to talk about what's happening in Afghanistan because that yeah. is the big news. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I guess, you know, what's interesting, you know, there's a, there's a few things that are interesting there. First of all, I think what has happened in the last couple of days has illustrated why we should never have gone to Afghanistan in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should never have anything to do with that country uh, when you've got a country that you know, does not want to have Western democracy, why should you force something on a country that they do not want? Mm. And the fact that the Afghan army has, you know, three hundred thousand strong has just has just handed over the keys of the country to the Taliban shows that they've got no will to fight for a Western democracy. Yeah, that's right. It's not something they're interested in. It's you know, if if they've had they've had twenty years of Western democracy, and if that was something they really liked, then they would fight for it tooth and nail. If the Taliban tried to take over the United States or try to take over Australia, we would fight for our Western democracy tooth and nail. Mm. Whereas the uh, the you know the Western democracy that you've got in Afghanistan that's been there for twenty years has just handed over the keys. They're just like, yep, no, nope, it's fine, just. I they have no interest in defending what That's they've right. done for the la- last 20 years so why should we have enforced it upon them in the first place if they don't want it why should we force them to have something they don't want mm. you know we have this attitude we have this arrogant attitude when we live in the in the west that you know our system is the best system which i believe that it is mm. and so therefore because it's the best system then every nation wants what we have. Mm. Well not every nation does want what we have and you know nations fight for freedom. That's, That's what right. they fight for. And the Taliban are fighting for freedom from western democracy. Yeah, it's interesting like we went into all these wars and skirmishes
1: about the US to make the
0: world a better place to bring to to enforce western
1: democracy. But it was ultimately to fight the USSR to enforce freedom. Yeah, but against an enemy which was like soviet russia
0: well initially yes but Um, this is and and then it became of course uh terrorism the war on terror yeah
1: but my ultimate point is that like dude the the enemy is gone like get over
0: it like democracy like
1: like well
0: terrorism will never go yeah. Extremism and terrorism will never go, and you've got a government that is taking over there that is extremist and will probably become a breeding ga- ground for terrorism, but you don't counteract terrorism through killing lots of people. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because it's, a, it's an ideology. Like it's... I mean, think about, think about how many lives have been lost. Mm. Think about how much money has been spent. Think about how much damage has been done to the planet that's right. think about the level of pollution that has happened uh, as a result of you know and think of where the world's economy would be you know think about the how much money has been spent just by the u s but you know Australia and other places as well a massive massive amount of of money has been invested into you know making the world a better place by bringing western democracy to afghanistan a country that is completely unprepared for it and uninterested in it and doesn't want mm-hmm. it and now we're going to reap the results of that and the results of that and i predict are not going to be pretty because now that the taliban are back they are back they are angry they are a new breed of taliban they are upset about having been tossed out of power 20 years ago. They are upset by all of the Western corruption that has come in in their minds as a result of you know, Western democracy and so forth. And so you can, you can expect some pretty severe backlashes, even though there's probably a whole bunch of Taliban that are probably fairly uh, moderate. I don't know. <laughs> but let's say that, you know, an eighth of them are not moderate and are extremist, then that's all you need. That's right. Yeah. And you need you know put them in positions of power, um, and we're going to, you know, see an angrier and more violent Taliban than what we've seen before. Mm. So if we look at the past and we compare Taliban rule in the past, you've got you know very strict enforcement of Sharia law. Uh, with things, you know, cutting off the hands of thieves, stoning women to death for adultery, mm. but not the men. Um, full coverings. Women not allowed to leave their home without a chaperone. Women not allowed to be educated. Women not allowed to hold a job. Uh, these are going to be. It's going to be very, very tough on women um, in Afghanistan. But the one, the inter- the thing that interests me more than anything else is what's going to happen from a religious perspective, because. The Afghanistan is 90% Sunni Muslim. Mm -hmm. It is then 7% Shia Muslim and those people are Hazaras, so they're Persians or Mm -hmm. Iranians. In the past they have been bitterly, bitterly persecuted. Uh, Then you've got 3% that are non-denominational Muslims. Mm -hmm. And then you have have a number of Hindus, uh, a few Sikhs from India. In some of the larger cities, you've got a Jew. A single Jew. um, And he operates the one and only synagogue that there is in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. The rest of all of the rest of the the entire Jewish population has uh, moved to Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he stayed there with that last synagogue. And you have anywhere between 3,000 and 18,000 Christians. Okay. So, it's impossible really to know how many Christians there are because this is the most persecuted group. And it's a group that has always operated underground because even in the Western democracy that was established, they still never established religious liberty. Mm. So, you know, if you're going to go and you're going to establish Western democracy and say, okay, this is going to be a good thing and this is going to be great for the country, then you should at least, you know, at the very top of that list should be establishing religious liberty. You know, Women's rights, education for women and all that kind of stuff, absolutely, and religious liberty right alongside it because that's what will bring peace to your country Mm. and that's what will bring enlightenment. But that has not happened and it has always been, even under Western democracy and continues to be and will only be so more, the death penalty for converting. Mm. Now, out of those anywhere between 1,000 to 18,000 Christians that live in Afghanistan, uh, the estimation is that uh, somewhere around, and, and these are very, very, uh, indirect, well, vague figures, but they estimate that there could be around about 3,300 Muslims who have converted to Christianity. mm and these people will be persecuted more severely than any other people group. They will be hunted down, they will be found, and they will be executed. Um, so we really need to pray for the situation that is taking place in Afghanistan, and also the Shia, you know the Shia are very small you know seven percent of the yeah, population wow. mm. these guys have the potential of being absolutely smashed. they have you know lived there for centuries. And, uh, of course, if you look at the difference between Shia and Sunni Muslims, Shia Muslims are an interesting group. I uh, had a lot of contact, obviously, with Shia Islam when I was in Iran because that's pretty much the headquarters of Shia Islam. Very different from the Sunni Islam that we have, you know, predominantly here in Australia and places yeah. like that. Uh, this is much more cultural Islam, I found. Mm. There's much more leeway for... They're kind of like... This is the kind of Israel, Islam that... um Continues the prophetic line after Muhammad, mm. and so they you know, they say that Ali Talib was the next prophet after that, and there've been many prophets since then. And so then they've got lots of they don't have just the Quran, but they've got lots of other sacred writings as well, and it's tremendously varied. And they basically got sacred tradition mm. is what it is, and so it's much more culturally influenced because of that than what, uh, it's kind of like between Protestants and Catholics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except the majority here are those, you know, the Sunni who just go by the Quran. Yeah, well. Anyway, let's pray for the situation in Afghanistan. You're listening to The
1: Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: Okay, so this text message just came through. It says, I must congratulate the station and shell for the beautiful music and songs played there you go. I thought I thought I was going to say I must
1: congratulate Shell for her air fryer. <laughs> yeah, making great veggies. <laughs> no, for beautiful
0: music. That's and right. Songs play. Oh, dude, the music's amazing. I think that uh, there's probably nobody, nobody in the world more passionate about the quality of music that we get here on the station than uh, than producer Shell. That's anyway, right. I'm, That's I'm, right. You're a bit biased, but I actually agree I with you. I'm I'm right. <laughs> I'm absolutely right. Anyway, joining us on the phone this morning uh, is Camilla Scaff. Camilla is the Health Director for the North New South Wales region for our church. And uh, Camilla, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning, everybody. How are you?
0: Yeah, we're doing great. And uh, how's life for you in lockdown at the moment?
2: Well, you know, we always try to look at the glass half full. So I have to say that I'm just grateful of the great, beautiful weather that we've got here in Newcastle at the moment. And, um, yeah, so it's been fun with two little kids, um, three and under, and a lot of work to do. But we end up cooking good food and just getting outdoors for de-stressing. <laughs>
0: that sounds fantastic. Now, one of the things that uh, I, what we're going to actually talk about this morning is um, – what to do when you're feeling a bit tired and a bit flat and, you know, a bit Monday-itis. I mean, I I know it's Tuesday, but we, you know, Monday can drag into Tuesday sometimes and it's just like, (laughs) "Ah, I'm back and the working week has started. Now for you and I, of course, we never have this because we're always excited to be at
2: work. But, you know, (laughs) we, we, we know how it goes, right? Um yeah, and it's definitely more uh, of a of a symptom to feeling a bit flat and uh, low in energy when we're in lockdown because I think it's also psychological. You're not around your friends, around your family. Lots of people have not been able to see their family for weeks now uh, or months or years, depending on where they are. So I would say that um, I want to share five tips for people that are feeling a bit flat, they feel like their batteries are low, running low, and, um, and then, you know, it's good to understand that the energy levels in our body also comes from our lifestyle. So I just wanted to share some very quick lifestyle tips for us to increase our energy um, and to understand how our physiology works.
0: Okay, that sounds great um, because, yes, this is something that I need to hear.
2: <laughs> so first of all, let me ask you a question. Um, where do you think the energy in the body comes from? like a big percentage of it. Food. Well, I think food is one component, but actually, you know, our energy factories in our body uh, are called mitochondria. It's a little bit of a long name, but you probably heard about that in some biology class, haven't you?
0: I've heard of the word, um, and I've been told what it means in the past. Off the top of my head, if you ask me what is mitochondria, yeah, I couldn't tell you.
2: That's okay, but the mitochondria are a really, really important source of energy. It actually generates about 90% of the energy to your whole body, so all of your cells. And basically, your, um, uh, for example, your organs, they are made up of many, many cells, isn't that right? Yes. And within your cells, there are thousands and thousands of mitochondria. And the interesting thing, Lyle, is that if these mitochondria are generating, are like a, a like energy, um, uh, like farms, right in your in your cell, and they need one very thing for their survival, and it is oxygen. Now you might be guessing where these tips are coming from because we get oxygen from the blood transported through all of our body. And these mitochondria, they need the oxygen to enter into the cell, otherwise the cell won't get the energy that it needs to survive. Especially we're talking about here the heart, the muscles in your bones, we're talking about the brain, the kidneys, and actually it is really important. I was wondering if when people are getting COVID or even getting the vaccine, Uh, for very small amounts of the virus, if they are perhaps getting a bit tired or they're having heart issues or whatever it is, because the mitochondria get compromised and they are able to get into the cells properly for the lack of oxygen. So guess what would be the first tip to help people to increase their energy, to help more mitochondria cells to get, um, uh, components to get into the cells and therefore to drive more energy to their organs and to their body. Can you guess what can generate more oxygen into the body effectively? Well, I could probably take
0: a couple of different guesses, but I'm going to let you tell me because that way I won't get it wrong.
2: <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's always fine to get wrong as well. But the first tip of the day is to get some outdoor exercising. So the exercising to do something like the cardio to get your blood circulation going is extremely helpful because it is going to help to get the oxygen to the mitochondria to work well and get them into the cells. So this will help definitely increase the energy. So this is a challenge for everyone to take advantage of the nice weather or wherever you are. If there's no nice weather, go outdoors, try to have a walk. And even some resistance exercise, doing some push-ups will really help to um, get some energy going for you. There's actually a a study that was done in a university um, in Canada that showed that only 12 weeks of exercise, different types of exercise, were helpful to get the population of mitochondria in the cells and all of the muscles. So even people that are suffering from heart injury um, or um, the bone injury, it can be helpful if you do exercise because you can replace the good mitochondria into the cells.
0: Okay, now you mentioned their outdoor exercise and of course the great thing about our lockdowns at the moment is that this is one of the activities that we are allowed to do. We are allowed to walk out the front door, walk up and down the, the, the street, the road, the whatever and get some outdoor exercise. Um, what we're not allowed to do at the moment is go to the gym. And I've got quite a number of friends who just love going to the gym uh, and they're super bummed that they can't go to the gym right now. Do you get the same benefits from... They
2: can do the indoor as well. Well, I would say exercise-wise, yes, you can get the same benefits. It's just that when you're outdoor, the light that you're getting from outdoor, the, the, the sun rays are much more powerful in terms of mental health and getting that light exposure to your, to your eyes, and it helps on your brain health. So I would say it's just kind of like doing two things at once. When you're outdoor, you're just helping yourself. It's like of a boost that you're giving it to your mental health as well, right. which comes to my next tip, which is to sleep well. So part of uh, sleeping well, it's really important to have your right levels of vitamin D. It's important to spend time outdoors and get the right amount of light outside of any indoor spaces. And getting seven or eight hours of sleep, it's very important for the right function of mitochondria as well as to recoup the energy for the body.
0: Okay, so one of the key things here, and it's kind of going together as far as... You know, because we've got sleep and we've got exercise, both mm-hmm. of these, both of these, are then related to being outdoors. Because uh, you mentioned the right amount of vitamin D, which we can only get from the sun, and getting sunlight on our skin uh, enables us to get a good night's sleep as well. So yeah. that's a second tick tip for being. It's second big tick right there for being out of doors during COVID.
2: So we get to try to keep to go outdoors as much as possible, obviously, within our restrictions, within our LGA. For example, I found out that I can go anywhere around my LGA for exercise. And that was such a blessing because I thought I was confined. So it's also looking at the positives. What can I do? And then, for example, another tip is to reserve a free time on your day to learn something new or to do something that you enjoy. Whether it's listening to music like a producer shell, um, we can listen to great music, we can read a book. And if you don't know any books to read, read the Bible because the Bible has got great tips for our lives and to help us to ease our brain as well. So I would say reading, listening to music, um, having a walk, enjoying time with little kids, anything that will boost your energy, that's what you can do Um to reserve a time for you. And lastly, I guess you were right at the beginning, it is important to eat well because it helps us to um, maintain um, ideal weight. Actually, the obesity is linked to be able to contribute to malfunction of the mitochondria. So it's really important to keep an optimal weight, and the way to do that is not only by Keeping exercising, but also to eat well and to avoid any ultra-processed foods and to just eat more veggies. And I actually wanted to do an advertising here. I have started a challenge this week of one veggie, three ways. How can you get one veggie and cook in three ways? And if you're interested to see some of the tips, um, my Instagram is chummy scaf wellness. And I am getting more of my friends, uh, my cook friends, my friends I love cooking, to share. How can we uh, make more veggies? And so every day we're launching a new recipe or a new way to cook a veggie. And then we're featuring each vegetable and showing how to cook it in three ways. So yes, something that is really helps us to eat weight, eat well, to keep, um, very healthy weight. And that will help also to keep our mitochondria, um, very healthy and our cells are more revitalized, especially giving us more energy.
0: Okay, you're going to have to give us that Instagram handle there one more time, just slowly if you could.
2: Yes, it's um, Wellness, C A M I S K A S Wellness. And that's where you're able to follow and find the challenge of One Veggie Three Ways and we're going to be following recipes and different ways to cooking veggies and enjoying them. And hopefully you'll be able to really boost the energy for yourself and for your body. And then lastly, I just wanted to say, Lyle, that um, being happy and feeling great about um, your body and uh, how you feel about your health also helps to produce a good life and energy. So if we're feeling a little bit low, let's try to follow these tips that we shared, but most importantly, let's do it with someone. And we're very uh, fortunate because even during lockdown, we're able to exercise with one more person. So I would say that connection and keeping connected to each other however we can, it's really important to keep our mood happy and uplifted and generate more energy to ourselves.
0: Absolutely, make a, uh, make a priority of it. Just very quickly, coming uh, Camilla, coming back to what you were talking about, um, uh, energy and body weight, it seems to be a bit of a vicious cycle there where the more weight we put on, the less energy we have and we need to use energy, we need to exercise to be able to get rid of the weight And Mm -hmm. then, but we don't feel like exercising the more weight that we have and so it seems like a bit of a vicious cycle that could uh, sort of um, draw us into a um, bit of a trap there.
2: It is and that's why I would say to focus at one thing at a time and if there was one thing that I would say for somebody who's overweight at the moment, so yes, to try to avoid all the processed foods and just try to eat as much food that is homemade as possible and as close to the garden as possible but the other thing is to start practicing some type of exercise, even if it's going to be a short walk every day and start increasing, or if it's going to be at home and just doing uh, some a little bit of muscle work, like maybe a Pilates, because um, the mitochondria, if you are getting more mitochondria to your cells and if you're helping it, um, it basically helps to burn the fats as well. So getting more circulation to your body will result in more better oxygen to be transported into the mar- mitochondria, which will help them to get into the cells to generate more energy and to be able to burn. fat. Isn't that amazing? Isn't our body amazing tools that we can just, with a little bit of effort, and this case, it's free. You know, everybody can do in the space that they are, and it doesn't cost anything. And you can lose weight just doing that.
0: Camilla Scaffs, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. We always love your very practical health
2: tips. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.